Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. This podcast is for information only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. If you have any questions, please contact your financial advisor. Welcome to the Omnis Investment Club podcast. I'm Rohit Baswani from Omnis Investments and here to take you all through the financial news of last week. Safe to say it was another eventful week in markets. Let's begin in the US. Major stock markets were mixed during the week. The S&P 500 started the week strongly, even hitting record highs, but ultimately ended the week slightly down, having lost just shy of 0.4% during the week. It was quite a busy week in the US with lots of companies reporting their earnings for the second quarter of the year. It was these earnings reports that drove large moves in individual stocks, including several technology and internet related giants. For example, Amazon was down during the week as it reported sales that fell short of expectations. And of course, Amazon, we all know, had emerged as the essential store for homebound shoppers during the pandemic. People couldn't go out, so they were shopping online on Amazon. And this propelled its sales and profits to new highs. Now that the rush uh, online is slowing down, as vaccinated consumers are now going away from their computer and smartphones and and are reverting to old habits like travelling and dining out. Aside from individual company reports, investors also kept a close eye on macroeconomic concerns. The spread of the Delta variant weighed on markets, while sentiment appeared to get a boost from the US Senate's vote in favour of beginning formal considerations of a $1 trillion infrastructure proposal. We also had some important economic data, many of which indicated strong growth, but surprised on the downside, suggesting that economic growth is still here but slowing down. For example, it was reported that GDP growth in the US increased at an annualised rate of 6.5% in the period between April and June this year. Now, whilst this was below expectation, it's still the fastest pace of growth since 2003. Let's move to Japan next. Japan's major stock markets faced headwinds as COVID-19 cases in the country reached a record level and the government extended a state of emergency to combat the spread of the virus. The Nikkei 225 index was down just shy of 1%. We also got a provisional reading of the PMI in in Japan. And as a reminder, PMI, which stands for Purchasing Managers Index, it tells us what the prevailing direction of the economy. Well, both the services and manufacturing PMI appear to have fallen in July. Off to China, where there was a lot of news coming out of the country. Chinese stocks slumped after a regulatory overhaul for the the for-profit education sector was unveiled. In essence, China has banned after-school tutoring companies from being run for profit, for raising capital, or going public. These companies are also forbidden from offering school syllabus-related tutoring on weekends, and vacation days and giving online lessons to children under six. So why did they do this? Well, there is widespread belief in China that the private tutoring sector has bad effects for urban upper middle class parents and children, both in terms of costs for the parents, as well as the psychological impact on children. So these new regulations are designed to do that, to alleviate the the psychological impact on children and to lessen the cost burden on parents. The price of raising children in China is a powerful factor restricting family size, even after the government increased the limits on family planning. 
authorities are concerned not only about population growth, but also what they call population quality. What they want is these upper middle class parents to have more children. So back to markets. What, it, what happened was that these new restrictions proved to be much tougher than investors had expected. And there are fears of heightened government oversight, which spilled into other sectors in China, including technology, healthcare and property stocks. The large cap CSI 300 index sank 5.5% in its worst weekly drop since February. Towards the end of the week, however, stock markets did stabilise a little bit as regulatory concerns appeared to ease. The central bank, the People's Bank of China, pumped 30 billion renminbi into the country's financial system in what was viewed as a sign of Beijing's unease with the extent of the downturn and desire to bolster investor confidence. So let's come to Europe, where shares were little changed during the week. There was optimism due to strong corporate earnings, but this was offset by two things. Firstly, the spread of the Delta variant. And secondly, the volatility that was caused by the Chinese regulation that I've just briefly talked about. The Euro stocks 50 ended the week down about a half a percent. On the economic front, the Eurozone economy bounced back from recession in the second quarter, growing by a faster than expected 2% relative to the first three months of 2021. At the same time, inflation in the euro area also accelerated to 2.2% in July, up from 1.9% in June, and this was lifted by higher energy prices. However, if we do exclude food and fuel prices from this inflation number, that inflation rate held steady at about 0.9%. And let's finish in, in the UK. The FTSE 100 was largely flat during the week and the domestically focused FTSE 250 saw modest gains. Effective today, the 2nd of August, the UK will allow most travellers who have been fully vaccinated in the US and Europe to enter England, Scotland and Wales without having to quarantine. I mentioned last week the so-called pandemic. Well, the number of people in England and Wales told to self-isolate by the NHS COVID-19 app rose to just shy of 700,000 in the seven days to the 21st of July. And these alerts are now causing widespread labour shortages that are interrupting production and some food supplies. The auto industry and the Labour Party are calling on the government to bring forward the date of exempting fully vaccinated adults from self-isolation rules, which is currently set for the 16th of August. Meanwhile, COVID-19 cases appear to be falling in the UK. And it's not just cases, though, because hospitalizations have also fallen for the first time since June. Of course, the full effect of the final stage of the reopening of the economy, i.e. Freedom Day, remains to be seen. On the Brexit front, I told you last week that discussions between the EU and the UK had escalated regarding the Northern Ireland Protocol. Well, Brussels has now paused its planned legal action against the UK in an attempt to de-escalate these tensions. And finally, on the economic front, annual UK house price growth seems to have cooled in July as the rush to move before the stamp duty holiday ended began to fade. However, it still remained in double digits as demand from buyers continued. More than half a million people came off furlough in June as the reopening of the hospitality industry drove a rebound in UK economic activity. On the flip side, though, separate data on household borrowing pointed to the pace of the recovery slowing as the Delta variant spread. 
Consumers are continuing to build up savings rather than rushing out to spend it, and this could slow down their recovery. So overall, it was quite a challenging week in markets, driven by continued news that the pace of the global economic growth is slowing. And and this is an important thing to note. The data doesn't say that growth has disappeared, but that it's slowing down after what was quite a strong growth period. And so this is having an effect on markets as we adjust to this new level of economic growth. Obviously, this has been exacerbated by the spread of the Delta variant and the impact that this could have on that economic growth. And lastly, the biggest news during the week arguably was all around China regulation and what they've done in the private education sector. It also has an impact on what it means for regulation of other industries in China. That's it from me today. I will be away for a few weeks now. So my colleagues Colin Gellatley and Jonathan Gosling will be with you over the next few weeks to give you your weekly Monday investment fix here at the Omnis Investment Club podcast. Have a great week. This podcast has been brought to you by Omnis Investments, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.